This is Off the Shelf, episode 82. We're recording this on Tuesday, March 15th, 2016. I'm Ryan Gallagher. Joining me tonight, Brian Sauer. Brian, what do you think of today's news that there's going to be a new Indiana Jones movie in like three years? I was shocked by that um, just because I didn't think Harrison Ford would be game, especially to do something three years from now. But yeah. um, that seems yeah. far away. It does. But uh, I guess when they first announced this, the new Star Wars movie, that was, you know, several years in advance. True. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Terrible movie. Why? <laughs> why did they ever make that movie? Um it is a sad thing. Man, that movie is is so bad. Is like, I mean, I haven't watched it <laughs> since. Uh, uh, I mean, I know I saw it in theaters, and then I own it on Blu-ray. I don't think I've ever watched the Blu-ray though. I have. I think I might have watched it on DVD when it was first released, but I can't even remember now if I finished watching the whole thing on DVD. Uh, it is painful to watch that movie. I just love the other Indiana Jones movies, and I don't even hate, uh, you know, Temple of Doom. I think Temple of Doom is actually a pretty solid movie. Uh, but man, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is just like unwatchable. Yeah, I actually love Temple of Doom, but yeah, I'm with you on Crystal Skull. Can't do it. I just, uh, I don't know what, what. I mean, I do know what they're doing. They're they want to make money. They want to keep this franchise going. Disney has the rights to it, and so. You know, of course they'll do this. They just made a whole lot of money uh, rebooting Star Wars, and so, you know, they maybe they think that if they just get the right people involved, and they, you know, don't put Shia LaBeouf in it this time. <laughs> I don't know. We can't. I unfortunately can't totally blame him for that one. No, no, yeah, definitely not. There are so many. There are so many other things wrong with that movie other than him. You know, I'd say even like. He's not even maybe well. I, I was gonna say he's not that bad, but I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> um. Anyway, we have a little bit of follow up from last week's episode. We talked about the DVD release of <laughs> Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Um. I guess it is also getting a Blu-ray release, but um, we were talking about the various exclusives that have been announced. Um, and one of the one of the supplements uh, or actually one of the exclusives that is going to be available through the target release where they, they give you like extra material. Um, there has been some uh, news about that in that uh, the target exclusive is going to be a download only bonus or, you know, the bonus content will be download only where you get a code for it and you get the bonus content through Disney movies anywhere. Kind of similar to that, um, that short that was included with the Snow White Blu-ray where I thought that was going to be on the disc and then it was a download, you know, Disney Movies Anywhere exclusive. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't really even considering buying this Target version, although I, we did talk a little bit about the fact that I have been tempted and, you know, or like swayed in the past to buy these Target versions that give you an extra disc with extra material. But, you know, this doesn't really help things i guess as far as making me want to uh go get that extra material from target yeah oh. <laughs> was, i just don't that, know i don't i don't know how i feel about this digital uh, don't make me go places come on yeah nice. uh i guess i would um i'm not that opposed to like disney movies anywhere just because they do have 
um, pretty solid apps in all the places that I go to. And um, one thing that's pretty cool is that it seems like Disney Movies Anywhere has uh, the right connections, uh, you know, behind the scenes with all the various studios. So when you log in, so once you connect your accounts together, you know, I log into YouTube and I see Disney Movies Anywhere videos there that I oh, have, that I, I have, know you know, wow. yeah. I mean, like you, you go to iTunes there, there they are. You go to, um, I think they're on Voodoo also. Um, at least I'm pretty sure I've, when I log in there, I see all of my Disney movies. Um, but then you, yeah, for some reason, like YouTube, you go to watch you, you go to your, uh, you know, wh- wherever on your profile shows you like movies that you've paid for and all those Disney movies are there as well. So, I mean, no, I definitely like them. I guess I just don't like the idea that like I'm only getting it with this specific purchase from Target, you know. Oh, to- yeah, totally. I mean, it would be nice if the, there was actually a physical disc just to give you that, you know, added sense of security. You're paying for this disc or, you know, you're paying for a physical release. But I mean, what if I just want to buy that content? Why can't I just buy it? Oh, or, yeah. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, mean, totally. I get that that's about the exclusivity. That's the part that I think gets a little annoying to me, but yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about what was announced this week. Um, some pretty cool stuff. I think the first thing that I want to talk about is the new Warner Archive announcement that they're going to be releasing uh, Mike Nichols, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Very, very cool. Yeah, so exciting. I I didn't see this coming. Didn't either. Nope. I mean, you know, I start to think sometimes when I'm going through my old flipper discs or whatever that I still have, could this one be the next, you know, Warner? You know, and, and it's exciting to know that something like this can just pop up out of nowhere, you know? Um, I don't know. It's going to be very cool. I mean, it's a, I I mean, it's like a, you know, a title that I feel like Criterion would have put out. Could they have, you know, secured the rights to the movie? It's definitely that kind of a movie, you know, a big deal kind of movie with some heavyweight actors and writing and, you know, performances. It's, it's a great classic, you know? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they just did the big sleep, I mean, this feels kind of on that level of, you know, this easily could have been a regular home video release from Warner Brothers, uh, you know, like Warner Brothers proper, I guess, or, you know, like the big, um, the main studio. Um, and the and the fact that they let the Warner Archive do it is just, it's so great. So, yeah, very excited. Uh, this looks like it's going to be pretty stacked as far as supplements go, or at least I don't know if a lot of, I'm assuming that all of this stuff was just, has been ported over from that uh, that old DVD maybe yeah I can't, i'm trying to remember if that had a lot of stuff on it It must have had something but i mean this is going to have two commentary tracks one with mike nichols and steven soderbergh um mike nichols and soderbergh were on that commentary track for um the catch graduate 22. and catch 22 wow uh, they've done a lot of so they must have done like a series of these where yeah. they just hung out and watched a bunch of the movies and talked and then re- they released them on different uh mike nichols films yeah i guess so yeah but i think it's really cool to have him on those tracks. So the tracks I've heard with the two of them are some of the better tracks I've heard in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice on the graduate cause it was like, you know, two kind of film nerds talking together. I mean, it's nice on that graduate disc to have the two different commentary tracks where you get like this scholarly approach to discussing the film, um, that older one from the laser disc. And then you get this new one where, um, if you've already seen the film and you know who these guys are, even if you don't, I guess there's still a lot to be learned, but like you really, it's like just a conversation that they're having about this movie. And it's less like, you know, scene specific, although they do kind of like focus on different things throughout the movie. But, um, 
those guys, I mean, it's just, you know, it's so much fun to kind of, it's like you're sitting in on this conversation um, or, you know, you're in the room with them as they're watching a movie and you're just listening to their conversation as they, as they watch it. Yeah, I think it's great. And Spielberg is totally, I mean, not Spielberg, sorry. Soderbergh is totally one of us, you know, just such a, you know, cinephile, like hardcore. I mean, for anybody that saw that list of movies that he released, you know, of stuff he watched that year or whatever, it was, you know, wrought with, you know, some great examples of his cinephilia. So he's just a great guy to have sitting in on it. I mean, him alone is great, but the two of them together, it's like, oh, I love it. I can't wait. There's also a commentary track from Haskell Wexler and then some featurettes and Barbara Walters interviews and screen tests. And I mean, you look at this list of special features. I mean, this kind of mirrors in a lot of ways the supplements that were on that graduate Blu-ray from Criterion. So like this is, you know, as close to a Criterion release from someone else as you're going to get. Yeah. And that's really exciting, you know, and exciting for, you know, future Warner Archive releases. Absolutely. We don't have a date yet for this, right? No, but what do we, it's got to be May, maybe? Yeah, that seems right. I mean, have they announced the the dates for April yet? I feel like Susan Slept Here is up. Uh, was there one after that? Uh, I, f- I think there was. Yeah, there, uh, yeah, there was see. one more that they haven't announced yet. Yep. I don't remember what else. Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, April 19th for Susan Slept Here. Mm, well, maybe that is the la- the latest one. Oh, Suspicion, April yeah. 12th. That's there the other go. one that I was thinking of. So, yeah, probably May. Maybe maybe late April? Maybe they squeak it in April. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, a month away from uh, Susan Slept Here. So, very exciting. Um, I hope they... Well, I, don't, I, I think they are choosing the right stuff i i was gonna say oh i hope they do this and this but you know what i think they uh they know what we want and they know what we want even if we don't know we want it yet exactly no they're they're 2016 is we've said it before already but a really great year for them so far already yep so uh the folks at vinegar syndrome just uh started taking pre-orders for their blu-ray release of dolomite very exciting too. April twenty sixth. Uh, that one, I was looking at the cover art for it, and uh, th- it's so funny because like there's so many um, covers for. There's like this one iconic poster that if you do like a Google image search for a Dolomite poster, uh, there's just like with him punching. Right? Yeah, it's him with him punching with like the ladies that you know gra- like holding his legs and. Yeah. Uh, that's like the only poster but then somehow they came up with this other image of uh you know like with the bullets around him uh it's a pretty it's okay but uh i wonder why they didn't just use the the kind of iconic poster i think this this looks created to me so i think they're just trying to do what the other labels are doing where they're creating their own artwork for like the bees i I know they did that on that one and i I, they probably done on a ton of these releases already um kind of putting their stamp on it i guess but yeah in this case um, but they do tend to have reversible cover art, so... Oh, yeah, so it's probably on the interior. Hopefully, yes. Yeah. I mean, I like this cover fine, but yeah, that, that poster is pretty great, I gotta say. And I'm really excited about this. This movie is just nuts. Uh, absolutely crazy. And um, I can't believe it's on Blu-ray. <laughs> I just still can't believe that, so... Uh, all right, so Kino Lorber Studio Classics has announced 
quite a lot. Uh, they're going to be releasing Daddy Long Legs. This was just announced uh, earlier today, I think. Yep. This is coming to Blu-ray. Um, they don't say when, but uh, soon, I guess. Or, you know, like, I, I guess, do we... Uh, when they announce... Think, it, yeah, I'm trying to think when they're out to now. We know... Um, I want to say May. We don't know June titles yet, I don't think. But they've announced some stuff prior to this that hasn't been slated properly yet. So Yeah, so like... Slate summer, maybe? You know, scrolling down their Facebook page right now, July 12th is when Yellow Sky is coming out. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they're they're out at that as far as July. Okay. Um, But then they do have quite a lot of stuff on here that doesn't have any dates whatsoever. Like, so yeah, Daddy Long Legs is coming, uh, Fixed Bayonets. These are all like part of this new Fox uh, deal that, they're, that yeah. they've uh, worked out. Yeah, Sam Fuller, more Sam Fuller. With fixed bayonets, that's exciting. So this is a brand new 4K restoration. Um, fixed bayonets, did that just come out from Masters of Cinema? Yep. And was that, do you know, was that a new 4K restoration? That I can't remember specifically. I But I, I assume usually that they're sharing 4K restorations, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. But that was recent, that was, that um, fixed bayonets Masters of Cinema release was, was that last year? Um, oh no, that that just yeah, came that out. Yeah, that just came out. That just came out like one recent. month ago. So. Yeah, real recent. Uh, sometimes all these titles just start swirling around in my oh, head. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think like, man, that feels like so long ago. Is that like a year ago? Oh no, that was just uh, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this this must be the same master, and they got high marks from from the the reviewers. That's exciting. I think the most exciting one for me is my bodyguard. Um just because that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, one of the greatest villain roles from Matt Dillon, just a great, you know, you know, kid bully movie with one of the greatest double standoffs at the end of the movie. Anyway, I love that movie. So I'm really excited. That's coming to Blu-ray. Let's see. I'm scrolling down their list of releases of when they, or what they've announced so far. And I think we're, let's see. So, Legend of Hillbilly John is another one, I guess. Did we talk about Panic in the Year Zero? Did we talk about that last week? Mm, not not last week, no. Okay. So yeah, my bodyguard, Panic in the Year Zero, Legend of Hillbilly John, um, and yeah, Yellow Sky. Good stuff. Definitely. Um, Milestone is going to be releasing uh, next month, I think, this film, Losing Ground. Let's see what... Uh, what their release date looks like for that. Um, this is the 1982 film by Kathleen Collins. Um, what else? Uh, is there anything else going on home video wise that we, uh, that we've missed over the past week? I don't think so. I think that's most of the news that I'm aware of. I feel like, um, I saw someone, someone over on the criterion forum when in like the twilight time thread had talked about, or someone posted and, and I don't couldn't I didn't go looking through their Facebook page about where this came from but there, there was something like you know several dozen or maybe like over a hundred films that they that they have licensed from Fox already that over the next few years oh, so wow. like um there's it seems like we are like going to be in good hands between the, the you know these distributors like Kino Twilight Time um as far as like you know these this fox catalog goes that's exciting because fox has been pretty shabby about their um like their classic line yeah 
So I'm excited they opened that that up to others. Um, you know, one other thing that they that uh, just was revealed over the past, I think, couple days was the the Fassbender collection that Arrow is putting out. They posted some pictures of the um, like the physical discs themselves that you know they're they're in at the at the office there, and um, they're going to be using slimmer cases for the box, um, presumably because there's not, you know, booklets in each one, but, you know, typically Arrow uses those thicker, and the UK in general use the thicker Blu-ray cases, but um, I guess it'll be nice. They're going to save us a little bit of space with this release in that they're going to use those those thinner uh, ones. I think they said something like that they're going to keep using the thicker ones for the individual releases, but with the box sets, they can kind of, you know, save some space for people's uh, shelves. Very nice. Very thoughtful of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have like, I, I, I mean, we've, we've in the past, we've talked a lot about, you know, dealing with your discs on your shelves. And, uh, I just, uh, I don't, I have no more room, Brian. <laughs> I, uh, my, my piles uh, are getting, uh, out of control and like, you know, I have my, I have my shelves on the wall set up. I don't have room to put new shelves up. Um, there's nowhere else in our house where there's like wall space available for more shelves. And so, uh, I now have like, you know, horizontal stacks on top of my shelves, like you're know, like in the spaces between shelves. Oh, I've uh, done that. They're just like, you know, jammed in there, um, in the hopes one day that I will, you know, like make room. And I mean, it, sometimes I'll go through my, my shelves and start pulling out, um, films that like either I've watched and probably will never watch again or, you know, movies that, uh, maybe I'll just never watch that. I'm like, you know what? I haven't <laughs> watched it. I've owned this movie for 10 years now, uh, or however long I've been collecting Blu-rays and I haven't watched it. Uh, it's going in the closet. I haven't gone so far as to start selling, uh, things that, yet, but, uh, I mean, I do have several bins of, of movies, uh, in Miranda's closet right now. <laughs> so that is like my, my process of you know making more room is just to like throw them in her closet but um i don't i mean right now i have no room for my criterion shelves to grow unless i want to put away the eclipse sets or put away some of the box sets that are on the shelf below it but i just uh and i know this is like a ridiculous problem to have but you know that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> But yeah, I have no room, uh, and I don't, and I guess I can go through and start, you know, like doing what I've done in the past, like putting them in binders. Um, but yeah, I don't. Uh, the binders thing is just such a, like, out of sight, out of mind kind of totally. problem. Where I, like I, you know, and I don't catalog stuff very well. I try whenever I put them in binders, I do try to put them in order at least, like in alphabetical order as I put them in. But that's always so hard if, and I kind of like leave space for it to grow if, you know, and not fill it up completely, but let it, you know, give, leave some empty spaces throughout so that I can, if I, as I get new things and I want to put them in with this collection, like, you know, I have a binder for Warner Archive stuff, or I have a binder now for, um, I have a binder of like check discs because check discs, I don't really need to keep the, them in cases, um, but I have a bunch of like arrow check discs. And so I just, I put them in a binder. Um, yeah, that I can get behind the check discs. You know, there's no artwork anyway. Yeah. Then, you know, 
it's better to have them in one place and you, whatever. But yeah, the other time I just feel like I'm going to forget where stuff is and what binder it's in. And then you got to make spreadsheets and yeah. Well, crazy. have you ever used any of the, the software that's out there? Like, <clears throat> Um, I used to use a long time ago this application called Delicious Library. Have you ever tried anything? I did. What was the one that I used? It was years ago. And then I started running into problems because then I would occasionally sell off a disc or two and I was always forgetting to take them out of my collection. And then I'd be like, oh, I have that. No, no, you sold it. You don't. So, but I know it's a lot easier to use now and easier to scan everything in and whatnot. So yeah. uh, I, I should probably get back on board. Yeah, there was a point in my life when I had a bunch of stuff in binders and I had actually taken the time. This must have been like pre... I mean, right now I have no time to do something like this, but before <laughs> I just had like so much free time to... I mean, this was before I had a kid. This is like, you know, I just... Uh, I'd come home, I'd like watch movies. Uh, I And I had all these binders with all these movies kind of uh, not organized very well. But <clears throat> one thing I did do was I would... Um, like number each binder and so when I used delicious library to kind of keep track of what I had so I didn't buy anything again or check out something from the library that I already owned um, I used a system where I just used the binder number as the shelf because there's like a column in delicious library where you could add uh, what shelf it's on oh, nice. to keep track of where things are and then um, so then I could kind of sort sort it by that. And at the time, years and years ago, there was a point when they had an iPhone app that synced with it. And they might have one again, but um, that one eventually went away. But luckily I had like this library on my phone where I could easily go check if I was at the, you know, um, at the video store or wherever and thinking like, oh, I should check this out because I, uh, oh wait, do I have this movie already? And then I would open up my phone and start looking through it and say, like, oh yeah, I do have a copy of it in this binder right here that I, nice. you know, uh, but since then my collection has just gotten out of control and I haven't done that with Blu-rays and um, I mean, I should probably do that with all the movies that I have in bins in her closet because that's like, I mean, that's the wor that's the hardest right now because those movies essentially don't exist until I pull them out <laughs> and look through the bins because I you know and I'm that is like the most dangerous one of me accidentally buying something again that I think like oh I should watch that movie oh man the blu-ray is so cheap I should just buy it and then I like you know a couple days later start digging through my blu-rays in the closet and think like oh I have this movie already <laughs> why did I do that yeah that that is the worst feeling when you're like oh yes it was cheap but now I got to get rid of it or I got to send it back or I got to give it away to somebody and I could have spent that money on something else yeah, I I should get in the habit of just giving stuff away. When we did that, um, we did like a the fundraiser for for Scott to go to Sundance a, a couple months ago in January, and I used that as an opportunity to start just giving away uh, movies that I had to people who donated to Scott's uh, trip. I should just do more of that because man, that was great to just get rid of you know a dozen or so movies that were just sitting in the closet like not being watched um and like you know taking up space and uh when you're giving away his prizes and i'm giving away his prizes nice. so like you know? uh i guess if anyone ever wants to donate to this podcast uh and you donate more than i don't know 10 or 15 dollars 
uh, I will send you something. I'll send you a, a movie from Miranda's closet that is nice. uh, sitting in a bin somewhere. Uh, I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I know my wife often looks at like the bins and she's like, you know, what, what's, what's the long-term uh, plan for these? <laughs> and like in my head, the long-term plan is something like, well, one day we'll buy a bigger house or like right now we're renting and we have like a tiny little apartment so like my my long-term plan is like well one day we'll have you know a three or four bedroom house that we could have you know each of us will have our own little office and then that will be where i stick all my movies on shelves and uh that's where they'll live and i don't and i shouldn't get rid of them now because that's like such a short-sighted approach to this library that i've amassed but uh, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think she sees through my, uh, my <laughs> the, the fraud that is uh, my life, uh, my collecting <laughs> videos. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you, man, though. I, I, I'll, I'll try. I've, I used to try that kind of thing. But my, before I'm finished with the sentence, my wife's like in another room. She's gone. <laughs> She's like, nope, I don't I'm not. I don't hear you. We're not. Do, no, no. Ridiculous. Yeah. But. <laughs> So uh, let's talk a little bit about what came out this week. Yes, sir. The uh, quite a lot of stuff. This is so. This is the week where the the March Twilight Time titles started going out. Uh, have you got any of those yet? I have not yet. Um, but some interesting stuff. We we did talk about it a couple weeks ago. Um, so this is is this Ten Rillington Place week? Yes. Okay. Which is still my top title. I'm very excited about it. Um, but. Um, you know, we talked about the epic stuff that's coming, um, like Alexander the Great and um, Exodus. Exodus, yeah. And I guess Anastasia is kind of epicy too. Yeah, I would, I would, I would qualify it as that. Um, I just noticed that um, Twilight Time on their website has the artwork for the next round up. So, Cutter's Way, A Prayer for Dying, Chattel's Land. It's kind of cool to see those covers if people are interested. Yeah, they're doing... So this is a new cover for Thunderbolt and Lightfoot too, right? Because the other oh, cover... yeah, look at that. So like when you click that's on it... That's fancy schmancy. The, other co- the old cover is now the booklet, right? That, that's what the yeah, cover was. that's what the old cover was, yep. Okay. Um, this is going out for pre-order on March 30th. So two weeks from when this episode goes up. Um, and then those will be available in April. Very nice. Yeah, that's a great cover. Do you? Um, sorry. Uh, I feel like, is there anything new about this Thunderbolt and Lightfoot other than the cover? Is there new supplements or is this just going to be the same uh, I, thing? I think it's going to be the same. It's just like audio commentary track they don't trailer. Have, yeah, I think so. But what do they list? Supplements yet? Let me see. Yeah, they're down below out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm that's interested the same in, as what uh, it was picking up this uh in the french style this is a uh, starring gene seedberg um directed by robert Parrish. uh i've, I've read good things about uh, her performance in this yeah i don't know this movie really at all um so this does look interesting sorry yeah easily distracted um by the shiny of the new covers uh i wish they would all right so here at twilight time if you're listening uh, I think you should probably on this new release page put some dates on under these covers uh, because this it does get a little confusing <laughs> because they mix the new titles yes and it's not alpha 
Oh, it is alphabetical. My bad. Well, you can you can yeah. sort it also uh, over on the side. Oh, yeah, so you can sort by newest items, and that will put all of the upcoming stuff up on top. Isn't that pretty? But I just think they should put some more, a little bit more information on the page itself. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Um, all right, so Twilight Time stuff is coming out this week. Um, quite a lot of other uh, solid releases are, are out this week. So the big Criterion release of the week is The Manchurian Candidate. This is a new a new uh, restoration, a new 4K scan of the film that, that Criterion did um, you know, recently this movie has been out on Blu-ray before and, uh, last year Arrow put, uh, re-released it in the UK, but this new, uh, version is pretty nice. I mean, there's, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for the DVD Beaver review. Um, and he talks a little bit about comparing the two different cuts of the film, but, um, you know, it's not like such a huge drastic difference i think between the arrow and the criterion release but like i think he mentions it in his review but like there are there's a little bit more information uh on like the bottom and one of the sides of the the picture itself oh the framing is different uh i think it's slightly different so what does he say here the and the aspect ratio is um slightly different in this one i'm just going to scroll up to the top here he says that it's um the criterion is 1.75 1.75 to 1 and the arrow is 1.78 to 1. Oh. The um Strange. He's saying that the arrow has richer darker black levels but um and more grain but you know he doesn't know if that's fabricated or not like the the grain is fabricated. Um but he thinks that the criterion is more accurate than what the the arrow is. Um so I don't know. I mean, like you know, you look at some of these supplement or the uh, the screenshots, and um, I guess if you don't, I don't know. Like, there's a little bit more gray, I think, in the. Oh wait, what am I looking at? I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, oh yeah, I guess it is a little bit more like grayish, uh, and there like the, there's a little bit more. It feels like there's more contrast in the in the arrow one, but um, maybe there's more information that you're getting in this criterion anyway. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can you know compare the screenshots yourself but obviously if the, you know i guess the the the, M, the original mgm blu-ray was um oh you know what i'm looking at sorry he only put screenshots comparing the criterion one not on everything so i'm not looking at uh so yeah the the criterion one is uh anyway there's I'm, I'm sorry i'm like i'm drifting off here as i as i look through all these ones he's got screenshots for some of the criterion uh, uh some of the images are being compared for all three blu-rays and some of them are just like the mgm and the arrow one um and he's got some like you know some images kind of highlighting where there might be edge enhancement on the arrow release mm. where you can see kind of like the, the pixelation where he's zoomed in and you can kind of see um you know some of the pixels along the edges of, of various objects so anyway i highly recommend this criterion release i think it looks great and uh it's full of supplements i love the artwork that they came up with for it uh adam Maida is uh and i hope i'm pronouncing his last name right but he is one of my f- new favorite criterion artists uh he has just done some really great stuff uh let's see what he recently he did things like um, death by hanging last year he did the artwork for the confession and state of siege so i hope that criterion continues to work with him because i just i love these uh this this artwork that he comes up with 
Yeah, it's a great cover, actually. Yeah, I was, I was, I gotta get this. I, I was holding off for some reason. I'll get it at, at a sale, but that cover is so nice. The folks at Arrow <laughs> this week, uh, Arrow US released Rage of Honor, and they also in the UK released Waking Life, the Richard Linklater oh. film. Yeah, that's nice. out this I didn't week. Realize that was out this week. Um, uh, slight tangent. I ordered myself this morning. The folks at Mondo were doing uh, for at South by Southwest this past week. They did a a art show with a bunch of people doing art for uh, Richard Linklater films. And this morning they put up uh, some of the leftovers uh, of the prints available, you know, on their website. I ordered one of the Waking Life prints. Uh, it was done by Jay Shaw. He did oh. he did a poster for Waking Life, and then he did another one for Scan- a Scanner Darkly. Wow, he's I, awesome. Yeah, and uh, I love this poster. So I'm, I mean, it's a print, but I I think it's so beautiful. And uh, this is something I think I'm going to put up right away when it gets here. I put up some images. I put up like a a little, um, you know, a shot on our Instagram feed so you can see what it looks like. But I also put I put it right next to the a Scanner Darkly one because they're kind of two of a pair. But uh, I think they're beautiful. I wasn't crazy about. I, I was hoping that maybe the Slacker one would have been something that I was excited about, but I, I didn't really care for it. Um, and the Days and Confused one was 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 pretty good, but I think the you know, the Jay Shaw stuff are just like, you know, pieces of art that I would love to have up. Did he do the Repo Man cover for Criterion? He did. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best. Yep. So, uh, also from the UK this week, uh, Rocco and His Brothers was put out by the Masters of Cinema. This is one that I definitely want to pick up, although I think uh, Twilight, or not Twilight Time, Milestone is putting it out here in the States, um, but I don't know if they if we have a release date yet for it. Um, you got, uh, Rage of Honor. Did you, have you opened that up yet? No. Uh, sadly I get home late on Tuesdays and I, I get to, I get that moment of opening some packages and then I I have to set things aside and put the kid to bed and all that. So, um, I just got to look at it, but, um, have you, have you like, uh, trained your family yet to alert you when packages arrive or like, uh, alert you when like specific vendors arrive? (laughs) No, my wife is not into that at all. Like, <laughs> she doesn't like anything that reminds her that I'm getting m- more stuff into the house. So, so on occasion, I can ask her. I don't mean to make her sound ornery about this. She's not. But it's just one of those things where it's like, if I if I am looking for a specific thing, like, oh, I wonder if that thing from Shout Factory came, I can get her with some begrudgment to go and look at like what stuff is there. But for the most part, I just kind of leave it alone. And it's so I get a nice surprise when I get home. Yeah. Although you have all that anxiety of like, did I get something today? Did I not yeah, get something yeah. today? There's that, that, you know, but yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, some other stuff that came out. Oh, you know, what other thing Criterion did this week is that they reissued uh, burden of dreams on DVD. So there's no, there's still no Blu-ray release of it, but they did take away some of the, the, uh, the slipcase packaging. So now it's just like a traditional, um, plastic, uh, you know, case instead of the cardboard digipack packaging. So if you, if you spot that out in the wild, uh, you know, pick that up because it's, it's gone away now. Um, Carol, did you see Carol yet? Um, we watched, uh, half of it the other night. We need to finish it. Um, 
I got it digitally. Um, but you know, it's it's good stuff. It's good Todd Haynes. It's pretty highly praised. So I would say, you know, people should temper their expectations a little bit. But um, <laughs> well, only because it, I, I feel like it's no, been it, it, so. I don't you feel like it's been yes. incredibly highly praised? I mean, there are certainly a few people online who. Uh, who who kind of went out of their way to overpraise this movie, um, and that can certainly affect how you watch something, especially like this when there's just you know so much love uh, you know heaped upon this movie. Um, that can lead some people, definitely me included, to watch something with like, okay, well let's see how good this really is. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's I, so far, it's it's good. But I mean, I've seen Far From Heaven, and he's touching a lot on a lot of the same kind of notes in some ways yeah you know um but i mean both the performances are great and stuff but like you know you know what the conceit of the movie is you're just like okay and and the production design is great yes and you know so i'm not trying to say i don't love the movie i just i it's funny because i'll watch things through my own and i think i've told talked about this on the show my wife will occasionally give me a hard time when i'm watching a movie that i she knows i've heard to be critically like exalted in that I kind of buy into the hype of uh, uh, the, the 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 sort of critical praise of something, where she will look at it without any of that baggage and kind of be like, yeah, it was all right. And that's kind of how she feels about Carol right now at the point where we're at. She's like, yeah, it's okay, you know. And I and there's part of me that's like, yeah, she's kind of right, you know. I get that. But then the other part of me, like, you know, you and I hear all this praise, and you kind of can't help but kind of let it get in your head and kind of go, well, what am I missing? Or if that's the case, or you know, whatever. Um, but you know, it's, I find it always refreshing to sit and watch a movie with her cause she loves movies and that she can just sit there without any of the baggage that we have and, and just kind of take it in and say, yeah, I like that. Or that, that was just okay, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I often think about going through and maybe not unfollowing people on Twitter, but maybe like, I feel like I need to do some kind of purge, uh, where I, like clean out my Twitter list and uh, unsubscribe from different RSS feeds that I follow just because I feel like I'm in too deep now and I need to like <laughs> take a step back and say, I like the way you put that. <laughs> and just like take a, take a little break from, you know, all of, all the film people that I follow online. And uh, I would like to kind of, and I, I'm already feeling, um, and this is, you know, again, not related to Carol, but like kind of, uh, you know, and it's something that we talked about when in the lead up to Star Wars. But I, I already now need to start setting up um, like filters and mute, like muting different keywords on on Twitter things for um, the upcoming Star Wars movie, episode eight. Which is like, you know, in production right now. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta ways on that one. Uh, I do, but like, there are people right now posting, you know, uh, sh- pictures from the set, from like, you know, drones or something like, you know. Oh my uh, god! There, there are lots of spoilery pictures. Not even not spoilery, but you know, there are pictures maybe from the set of the movie where there's like different aliens being shown, and. Uh, sometimes I can get around not seeing it by not clicking on things, but sometimes people just put it on Twitter in their feed and I'm scrolling down and I'm like, Oh wait, what's this? Oh, I shouldn't have read what that was. Cause I don't want to know what that is. I just, I, it, it totally blows my mind. It makes complete sense, but I didn't realize there were people out there that buy drones to fly them over movie sets to take pictures. <laughs> I think they're even, uh, I think the studios now are even, um, 
like training people to like shoot down drones that oh might be God. over their movie set. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny though. That's where we are now. I just, it again, it all makes sense, but I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, no, I, I, you know, uh, rewinding a little bit. I love Carol though. I think I, we, Charmaine and I watched it um, a few weeks ago and I think it's just so beautiful and the performances are amazing. And I love the, you know, I, one of my favorite movies is Brief Encounter. And so there's so much Brief Encounter in this, in this film. Um, but, you know, so much, so many other things. I, uh, I just think it's a beautiful film. And so I, uh, I will definitely be picking up this Blu-ray at some point, but uh, I didn't order it yet. Yeah. I don't mean to talk shit to, to be disparaging about it or anything like I, cause to be fair, and I hate when people do this, I'm giving a, a half opinion based on half the movie you know what i mean like and getting to the uh romantic and emotional nitty-gritty of the film which is clearly going to come later is is you know obviously the part of the movie that people respond to the most so we're still more or less in the setup of the movie you know what i mean so i don't get me wrong i we're going to finish it um soon and uh you know it looks todd haynes is a master there's no denying that he did he did a great job um, one thing that came out this week is, uh, Game of Thrones season five. It's kind of leading up to season six, which is airing, I think next month in April. Um, this is, uh, did you, so do you watch Game of Thrones? Sadly, no, but, uh, I'd like, it's one of the many shows I'd like to get on board with. You, so have you watched any or do you? We watched the first episode, uh, <laughs> of season one. Time. Yeah. And, and realized like, okay, this is something we have to make sure like all the kids are asleep when we watch this yeah. kind of like thing, you know? So it was, it became something where we're like, we, I think we pushed it off a little bit because of that, but it, I've heard nothing but great things. It looked very interesting. like something we would dig. Yeah. It is very hard to watch something like game of Thrones with kids in the house. Um, especially kids who might wake up in the middle of the night yeah. or like yep. kids who come out of the, their bedroom and like, you know, go get a drink of water or go to the bathroom and you know, they, they stumble through what you're watching <laughs> and you know, exactly. so it's, it's hard watching things like game of Thrones or walking dead or any of the other movies that might have more like really disturbing images on the screen at any random point. <laughs> and so you're like, uh, you're, you know, you're watching a show like this while at the same time half listening for, you know, any <laughs> movement in their bedroom or the door opening or exactly. <laughs> something like that. You got to be careful, you know? So yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's something that goes into a decision as far as, uh, stuff we choose to watch sometimes, but you know, more sub more subconscious than conscious. Uh, I haven't gone back to rewatch season five, but, um, I loved this season. I mean, you know, this show is just consistently one of my favorite things. Uh, and I've, I've read all the books now and, uh, I'm, I'm all caught up. I just can't wait for the next season to start. I mean, as everyone has written about online, next season is kind of where the show is going to take us places that we haven't seen. I mean, to to some extent this season, this last season did, uh, as well, where we saw some things that we hadn't seen or that hadn't been revealed in the books. And now this next season, season six, is going to be, you know, almost everything. Well, maybe not everything, but there's going to be a lot of material that hasn't even been written yet, or at least it hasn't been released in book form. And I know George R. R. Martin is kind of furiously working his way to releasing the next book, but I think, I mean, it's it's clear that that's not going to happen before season six airs. Um, there are just some pretty incredible episodes in season five that 
uh, I really want to rewatch on Blu-ray. Like Hard Home was one um, where, you know, there's just this, in many of the seasons, there's like an one episode where they'll have, you know, like this, this entire episode devoted to one thing, or they'll just like, you know, one thing in that like one giant set piece. So in the past couple seasons, like Neil Marshall has come on to direct different episodes. Like last season, he did this one called Watchers on the Wall, which was, you know, this giant battle that was taking place between uh, the people on the wall and the wildlings. But this last season with um, Hard Home was just kind of this crazy uh, zombie uh, I don't want to spoil too much but there was just this crazy fight between these two uh, forces in the north and uh, something that was not really in the books although it's kind of alluded to in the books but it was something that was just amazing to see on the screen and it was it came at such an unexpected point in the episode because you know, usually when we're going to get something like this, there's a lot more lead up to it. And it felt like we just, it, they kind of suddenly dropped this bomb in our lap and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe what they're showing us right now. And it was great. Yeah. It's definitely a show that I've heard has some good moments like that. Yeah. Um, so a great uh, show and something that uh, is worth owning on Blu-ray. I think these, these episodes just look amazing and they always include lots of supplements and commentary tracks and whatnot. So uh, a wise investment, I think. Um, the Warner Archive released Centuri- The Centurions Part 2. This is the last 30 episodes from uh, the series. Have you, did you end up getting uh, any of this, or have you ended up watching, uh, or like I, uh, I guess like seeing any of the Centurions? Yes? Not yet. It's definitely something I want to... I definitely want to dig into. So I got to start with that. There's a mini series, right? Yeah. So there's the mi- there's yeah. the mini series, um, which is like a five part mini series that they put out in. Um, it was out on DVD originally, and then um, the series is broken up now into two parts. Um, so there's like thirty episodes. I think there's thirty episodes on each set. Um, what uh, what did you get this week that you uh, were excited about? What did I get? Um, I got my boyfriend's back from Mill Creek, which is bare bones, but I'm still nonetheless excited to have it. It's a zombie comedy from Bob Balaban, uh, the actor. He directed a couple movies. Um, it's very silly. Um, definitely plays more on the comedy side than the horror side. But, um, you know, it's a funny setup. It's just like this this nerdy guy you know is in love with one of the most um gorgeous girls in his class and she he ends up saving her from a, a hold up and gets killed and on his with his dying breath is asking her to go to prom with him and she what are you going to say to a guy who's dying <laughs> she says yes and that is the thing that sort of allows him to come back from the grave um but it's just got such a great sense of humor about it. It's just so silly. Um, his, this this is the first film roles of for Matthew Fox and Matthew McConaughey in this film. I think that's right. And early for um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes. 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 <laughs> Clarice Leachman is in it. Yeah. It's it's pretty. It's pretty. There's a lot of interesting stuff about it. It's um it's definitely one that I like a lot, and it's super cheap. It's like seven bucks or something so yeah those mill creek releases i mean like sometimes they sometimes they're real little cheap gems that they that they give us and then sometimes yeah. they're not yeah i mean i mean you know you 
they they seem to be using existing HD masters, so really you're not risking much that you wouldn't be risking when you buy from Shout Factory or some of these other places that use most of the, I was going to say outside of Criterion and maybe Arrow, um, trying to think. I guess Code Red does some transfers and whatever, but for the most part, a lot of people are using existing HD masters, which look fine. Um, so to buy them, to do it that right, at least sell them cheap. And uh, that's one thing they, they've gotten right. The one thing that they didn't get right this week is, and we talked about this off mic, is there's a Sun, Sand, and Sweat uh, four movie pack, four collection. We've got Private Resort, Hard Body, Spring Break, and Perfect. Now, I'm a huge fan of Perfect. It's the John Travolta, um, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, exercise a drama, I guess. It's kind of an investigative thing. <laughs> I don't know how to say it to try and make it sound serious, but it's good. The The one problem with it that I've run into is that it was shot in 235 to 1, and uh, there seems to be an issue that the existing master, the HD master, uh, on Voodoo, for example, is is 185 or 178. And so I was hoping that they would not be using that master. I didn't, I wasn't sure, but it looks like that's the same master that they're using because this is also listed as a 178 um, aspect ratio. So um, I have an import DVD of it that's 235, but that's unfortunate for any of you people like myself who are buying that set in part because of Perfect, um, you'll be only slightly disappointed to know that it's not in the right aspect ratio. So anyway. Did you see uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane yet? No. Uh, a lot of talk at work. It's probably going to get spoiled for me, but I have not seen it yet. I think, um, so the director, Dan Trachtenberg, I feel like I just saw, I'm trying to find the post that he wrote this in, but um, just as far as like... Uh, wrong aspect ratios and whatnot um he posted something i think it was today maybe it was on twitter but about um having to sit through and you know um crop the movie for tv already and like he's already like had to witness like you know the hbo crop versus like the full frame crop of his movie and he's just like you know it's like the one thing that directors have to do that they just you know hate having to do but oh man yeah you uh, don't hear people talk about that a lot that's cool i have to look that look at that post i mean it's not cool that he had to do it but it's interesting inside baseball kind of talk you know that's unfortunate yeah i can't imagine taking you know meticulous care to compose a frame only to later have to go and chop it up (laughs) for different outlets yeah didn't um joss whedon when he when they were doing firefly didn't he talk about like how uh, this i think they talk about this in one of the commentaries or in one of the interviews he talks about like um composing the frame specifically like you know he wanted to shoot that in widescreen and have it displayed in widescreen and so he made it really hard for the studio to crop it because he would just put people on the opposite sides of the frame or he would just make it like so you couldn't really you know crop it to make it full frame for the tv so they would (laughs) have to release it in, in widescreen Wow, that's I did not hear that. That's funny. <laughs> um, what else came out this week? So the folks at Oscilloscope released the film What Our Fathers Did, uh, a Nazi Legacy. This is out on DVD uh, and you know features audio commentaries, new interviews, and extended uh, scenes and deleted scenes. This is um, uh, is it the the documentary about these two? Um, people who had whose fathers were in uh the nazis mm, i can't 
can't remember now if it's a documentary or if it's actually like a fictional. All right. So, uh, did you see Brooklyn? This is one that was getting a lot of love online too, but it was something that I feel like, uh, I had like almost no desire to see it in theaters and, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of just waiting for the right moment to watch it. Although like people, I mean, I totally respect all the people who, who wrote about this online and said that they loved it in their top 10. Uh, but it just like, didn't look that appealing to me. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm curious about it. I'm definitely curious. You know, it it definitely did get not quite the 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 hype that Carol got, but definitely a lot of critical praise. Um, it feels like something that might crop up crop up on Netflix at some point. Yeah, you know? something like that. Um, was there anything else that came out this week that you wanted to talk about? Um, briefly, a uh, couple Chuck Norris movies. Um, Braddock missing in action three. <laughs> which I saw, you know, 25 years ago on VHS. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Um, but then Invasion USA is the much more exciting and crazy Chuck Norris movie. Um, very interesting for it to come out right around the time that, you know, London Has Fallen is coming out and, you know, we still have, you know, a great deal of terrorist threat about us. Um, but this movie is just so over the top and insane. Um, I hope not too many people read into it much more than, you know, just this <laughs> crazy eighties period piece, but I think it's a lot of fun. It's just very ridiculous Chuck Norris stuff. Um, so I like that one. And then there's a movie called monster dog, which, um, is from the direct Claudio forget for the director of, um, the notorious, uh, troll Two, mm-hmm. the subject of, best worst movie uh this is a movie with alice cooper it's who's dubbed in the movie and he plays like a rock star who goes back to his home to film a music video but there's a crazy you know pack of feral dogs and a crazy monster dog in the loose and it's very silly it's pretty shoddily made but um i don't know I kind of I kind of like it anyway. I don't know what's wrong with me, but but just seeing Alice Cooper in an acting role is kind of I don't know compelling to me for some reason. But that's from uh, Kino and Scorpion releasing. That one came out. I think that's kind of it for me though. I mean, The Big Short. I I need to see that still. But um, I'm trying to think what else. Did you so so? There's a new Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Oh yeah, uh, my daughter you, saw that. <laughs> did she? Have, uh, have you watched any of the other ones? She loves those movies. Uh, sadly, um, because yeah, they're pretty terrible. Um, do you have yeah. any like? Do you try to like push her away from things like that, or you know, like suddenly? Oh, I don't know what happened to that <laughs> Blu-ray. It just. Uh, Huh, it must have disappeared. I do that on occasion with things like the Ice Age movies, um, but I, it's strange the places I'll draw the line, you know, with something like that. But I'll still watch, you know, a, a, an Alvin the Chipmunks movie. I don't, I don't know what that's about. Um, <laughs> maybe David Cross keeps me in it, although I'm sure he would, he's pretty embarrassed about that. Is he? So. Is he still in? Oh, wait, so what? I don't is, think he's in this new one. I don't know who's in the new one, but I feel like he was even in the third one. I could be wrong about Chipwrecked. I can't remember. So how, wait, what number is this? Is this number four? This is number four. Oh I my think. gosh! Yeah, 
Have you shown Have you shown yours any of these? No, and I, <laughs> uh, I will, nope. I, I will hide these yeah. from her sight. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Good idea. I mean, she time. knows about the chipmunks only in that, on the Pandora stations that we have around Christmas time that we listen to, like Christmas music, the chipmunks come on that, and so she only knows them by voice. Uh, we haven't shown her any of the cartoons, although I wouldn't mind showing her um, that chipmunks around the world what is that chipmunks around the world one where they race in in hot air balloons oh yeah uh chipmunk adventure i think yeah we uh, have that one yeah that one i loved that movie as a kid and i even liked watching the the tv show um but yeah man i i mean that totally put in like planted some kind of travel lust uh g like you know bugs in my head when i was a kid so i i just it made me really want to go explore the world yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. But yeah, I haven't watched any of these new ones, and I, they just look uh, unwatchable to me. <laughs> but I mean, and I love kids' movies and, uh, you know, stuff like this, but I don't know. I just can't. There's yeah, something about this one. They're pretty rough. <laughs> I think I've just mastered this sort of like watching in the background not giving my full attention, so not absorbing the awfulness as much yeah. myself. But obviously your child is absorbing it, so you're just kind of like, ah. Uh. But, you know, then again, it's just just silly entertainment, you know, and there's, I'll make up for it later with something more educational. Hopefully, yeah. You know? I do try to, like, sit and watch whatever she's watching as she's watching it. Like, I don't ever want to be the, like, type of person that lets the TV be a babysitter and yeah. I, I don't want to like just put something on to distract her uh, I mean sometimes it's nice to be able to like let her start watching a show and then like have time to now suddenly like go do some things like put away the dishes or yep. you know clean up the kitchen That's a classic move for me is like I'll come home and we'll be she's usually she might be watching something when I come home I'll sit with her for a while and then I'll get up and go do the dishes and come back and sit down with her but yeah I mean it's hard to not take advantage of that time a little bit you know especially when it's something that's not engaging yeah what are you guys what are you guys watching these days uh or what is she into right now like you know are there any shows that she is like marathoning through uh she's really into sophia the first um on what? netflix can i ask a dumb question about that no, what what I, is yes. that uh <laughs> I, so we've watched sophia the first also but we I, we haven't like started at the beginning and I think we just watch random episodes on Netflix or Hulu or wherever it is. But like, what is this as like a, a child of like, or what is, is this like, like what world, what Disney world is this taking place in? Or, that I don't know. Like, oh, okay. I, I need to get, I, cause I've only caught like, she, she'll sometimes start a show when my wife's home and then I'll get in like two, three episodes later. So now they're more into the episodic part of it. So I don't really I'm not getting the backstory much anymore. Because it feels like it's part of... Okay, I'm just going to look at the... <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. Okay, so the this mythology. is like... This is in the in the Cinderella world. Okay. Um, or at least like she has made a cameo in the show. Interesting. Um, But I felt like... We started watching this and I was trying... I just kept trying to figure it out. Uh, Like what... Like this seems like this exists in one of the Disney worlds, but I just can't figure out which one. Yeah. Because it's kind of like you know, Sleeping Beauty, kind of like Cinderella. Um, but yeah, okay, so this looks like somehow is, is related to Cinderella. Yeah, she... Oh, wait, she no, likes... but there's other characters that have shown up in this, it looks like. 
from so yeah, maybe they, this is like an amalgamation of all of them i think that might be the case i haven't seen enough to be sure but it's definitely disney taking advantage of its properties you know in that way huh. uh interesting what, what else are you guys watching by the way <clears throat> let's see so we have made it through Shaun the Sheep. We've watched all of that. We nice. every once in a while we'll watch um, episodes of Wallace and Gromit that are on Amazon. Uh, we watch um, some of the other Amazon exclusive things, like Creative Galaxy is one that she likes right now. Where oh. it's kind of like it's a little young, I think, for her now. Like I think it's aimed at a little bit younger kids, but she still likes it and. Um, that might not even be true. It might be aimed exactly at where she's at right now. I just feel like since we've shown her more mature stuff, like I feel like anytime we watch stuff that's actually aimed for her age group, it's always, it feels like, oh, this is aimed for babies. What are we watching this for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but creative galaxy is like this alien kid who has, who, you know, goes on little like art adventures. And so, and then there's always like art projects. It's kind of like, Dora the Explorer in a way but you know um, you know he'll just uh, come up with these art projects and then at the end of the, each episode they'll have like real kids showing you like oh this is how you can really do this art project in your uh, at your house so That's it's pretty cool, cool. and she yeah. uh, she's really into it what else do we watch uh, I'm watching right now myself uh, I have started rewatching Star Trek Deep Space Nine oh I'm uh, is that on Netflix it is on Netflix and it's also on Amazon. I've never seen it all. I mean, I've seen a few scattered episodes, but that's one of my wife's favorite shows. I recently got a at my work at my at the bookstore. Uh, I got a like ha a guidebook to all of the episodes. I'm gonna pull it out right now because it's so awesome. Um, How big is that? It's it's huge. It's yeah. uh it's like 600 700 oh pages, and each it's it's a, so it's the star trek deep space nine companion by terry erdman and it is amazing i i it just came in used and so i was like oh this this sounds cool like i'm i'm a huge fan of deep space nine i've long hoped that they would you know remaster it or um get it up in hds anywhere but uh i've kind of given up hope on that for now um Unless is it one, HD on Netflix? At no, least? no. It's like, you oh. know, standard definition, so it doesn't oh, look right. great. Um, I'm watching it on Amazon, and I've just learned to tolerate it. Uh, uh, but I'm... So I've just start, restarted season one. I've done this in the past where I, like... I'll start Deep Space Nine in season one. I'll get a few episodes in, and then I end up just kind of, like, skipping ahead to when uh you know like later on when the dominion is around and like the war starts up and it's like or you know like when Worf shows up and when he's a part of the cast and then wow. i'll just kind of like skip around to different episodes that i like and i'll s skip past some of the episodes and i'm like oh i've seen this one so many times i don't need to watch it again um this time around i am just like you know plowing through each one and uh it's so much fun i mean this show all right from the beginning is just so fantastic um what's what's his name who's cisco um i'm blanking on what his uh that actor's name is uh the captain avery brooks avery brooks yeah he is just like so amazing and Wait, oh my god from from um that show then 
Sun uh, Arc I put out. Yeah, I know. Spencer for Hire. Oh, Spencer my God. Spencer for Hire, yeah. How did I never connect that? This is revelatory. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, Avery Brooks. He's just so amazing. Wow. Um, and every, like, the, the, the cast, the, is just, they, they manage to, like, feature different characters in different episodes, and they do such a great job of it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally digging, rewatching season one right now. I gotta, I gotta get on that. My, my wife and I have been talking about watching it for, you know, almost as long as we've been together because it was something that when we talked about sci-fi stuff that came up really early and I was like, you know what? I haven't really seen it. And it was always like, okay, we need to do that. So it's definitely worth it. Uh, I, I feel like this is one of those shows kind of like what I was doing with the Sopranos a few months ago. Um, I mean, I don't have time to watch this. Like I have so many other things I need to watch. <laughs> uh, but this is kind of like a, well, I don't really want to watch anything right now, or at least like sometimes late at night when I'm like about to go to bed, but uh, I still want to watch something. That's when I'll put on something like Deep Space Nine or The Sopranos. Cause it's like, I don't want, I don't have time to invest in a long movie or a long subtitled movie. And so I need to, watch something that I can kind of like fall asleep to or you know just some kind of like kind of like comfort food or you know like it's kind of like eating a bowl of ice cream right before you go to bed (laughs) (laughs) no it's good to have that kind of show that functions in that way yeah I think so I like that idea I mean I I kind of also in in rewatching Deep Space Nine it makes me really want to go and watch Babylon 5 um, which came out right around the same time you know it's also about a space station but it's a one that I I've only seen uh, Babylon 5 in bits and pieces. Um, I think I started watching it when it started airing back in you know the 90s, right around when Deep Space Nine came on as well. But uh, I, I definitely haven't seen it past season one or two. And that show is so beloved by you know sci-fi nerds that I feel like I, uh, it's something that I really wish I would take the time to watch. And uh, so I ended up checking out the first season on DVD from the library and uh, I might start rewatching that in kind of like in tandem with Deep Space Nine. Very cool. You know, I have, and then I have like a bunch of other movies and things that I've been watching. Although, did you, um, do you use Letterboxd? Yeah, I saw they just put out their app today. Yeah, I'm excited to start using that. Like, I, I downloaded it. I logged in. It's <laughs> looking not bad, actually. I, uh, I'm so bad about logging stuff as I watch it. I mean, like, the only thing that I'm consistent about, well, sometimes consistent. <laughs> Maybe, like, I guess I can't say sometimes consistent because that's uh, an oxymoron there. Uh, I, I try to tweet out what I'm watching as I'm watching it. So then I can go back and, like, search through my Twitter feed, if, you know, and say, like, what was I watching on this day? Or I can say like, okay, what was I watching over the course of this month? And that's an easier way for me to find it than um, remembering to log in and and log the stuff as I'm watching it or right after I watch it. Um, and so I think having this iOS app for Letterboxd will hopefully motivate me to, you know, review stuff on there or at least like log what I watch as I watch it. Yeah, it's pretty. Not, it's not a bad interface so far. I mean, it's... Not overly complex, but there's a great little like um, green circle plus button in the middle of the bottom display, and you just hit that, and obviously 
type in start typing in whatever you watched and it'll start grabbing it for you to to log um so i don't know i haven't logged anything with it yet because i haven't had a chance to watch a movie yet since i've opened it but i don't know i love the site and the app is something i've been waiting for for a long time so i'm probably gonna try and take advantage of it i've gotten myself in the habit of logging and it's been helpful in a lot of situations where i was trying to remember what i watched or what was that thing from that movie that that was cool i can't remember oh it was this you know or have I seen this movie before? And since I've been logging for, I think, three or four years, maybe not four, but at least three, if I've watched anything in the last three years and I'm not sure about it, I'll go and look and it'll show me. So that's kind of neat to know, especially as I get older and lose my memory. <laughs> do you do you log any TV through any websites or apps or anything? I used to use, what was the one, Get Glue? Or yeah, there was Get Glue. There was like Go Miso. There's, Mis- there's, yeah, maybe it was Miso. Miso, yeah. I can't remember. There have been several what different. What happened to those? Those kind of like <laughs> they stuff? they went. I think they both went out of business, or like oh, okay. have either like were by, bought by someone else, or closed down, or um, I don't think either of those are still around. Although you know maybe they are. I just I remember when I stopped being able to like, I I used it. I like to use it with Twitter, and you could automatically update to Twitter, and then at some point they stopped letting you do that, and I was like, oh well, that's no fun, and then I just stopped using it. The only thing I have considered as kind of like a alternative to um letterboxd or those other ones is uh imdb just yeah. because i feel you can like log you, everything there yeah you can log everything there like tv and movies um and they do have an iphone app mm. but i that's just uh i feel like it's a whole little universe into it unto itself that i just haven't really like I have an account for IMDb, but I don't really do anything there. No, I mean either. There was a time decade plus ago when I would actually do the occasionally write a little review or something. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't done anything with that in forever. So yeah, like for me, like just the plain old, like I'm going to tweet out what I'm watching. And then if I need to find out what I watched, I can just, I also have, I think I still have some, um, if this, then that, uh, recipes set up to, Anytime I tweet anything with like the word watching or watched in it, then it uh-huh. will create a, it, it like appends this text document that I have uh, through Dropbox where I can uh, automate. So now I have like this text document that I can go back and search through and say like, what was I watching on this day? That's cool. Um, nice. That's probably, I mean, that's like the simplest automated way that I have to keep a log of what I've been watching, but I don't really go into that text document very often. Um, but luckily like it just does it for me automatically. Um, but I do that's, love how Letterboxd nice. looks and I think it's just like such a nice app. I love the website. Um, and I, I want to like, I don't, uh, currently like donate or, you know, like have like a, whatever their pro level account is. Yeah. But I, I think about it just cause I, I think I want to support those guys. Uh, yeah. I, I, sorry. I did the patron level the first year because yeah. I was hoping that my funds would go to getting the app out and then of course now it's two years later and it finally came out but yeah I haven't paid since that first year um, but I, I you know I'll probably jump in again at some point um, but yeah it's it's got a nice layout I love the you know the silly things like that you can have your four favorite movies on your profile page and I swap those out you know once a month or so you know it's always fun to kind of figure out what to put up there and what have I already put up there? What, what else, 
you know, can I do a little theme? You know, it's like the employee picks shelf at a video store when I used to work at one. It's like that. So yeah, I like that stuff. I, I like that. I also can just log movies there and not feel like I have to review everything. True. Um, or, you know, like in the review area, sometimes I'll just put like how I watched it. Like I'll just yep. say like, you know, watch this on Blu-ray with Miranda or something yep. like that. Yeah. I tag all my wife and my son and everybody who I watch stuff with, which is nice. Cause then I can just go through and see everything I've watched with one person or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's, that is cool. I like that about it too. All right, man. Well, I need to get going here, but yes, yes. Uh, uh, thanks for hanging out tonight and chatting about these movies. Yes, sir. I love doing it. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>